Howdy, everyone. Welcome to Kofefi Break on Unsafe Space. I'm Carter Laren, and I'm joined, as usual, by Carrie Smith. Hello, Carter. And Good Tiger. morning. Yes. <laughs> Hello I need to you to both. Move this camera. It's on you. Unless you worry about it being on Tiger, you're oh no. Uh, now now you're a little bit off to the side. Actually, I don't know. Tiger looks um, guilty because. No, you don't have to say that. Yeah. Okay. He just did something bad this morning. <laughs> <laughs> Dogs know when they do something bad. He looks guilty. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, go for a break. If you're joining us for the first, second, or third time and you just forgot uh coffee break is a live show that we do every monday and friday at 11 a.m pacific time where we talk about whatever it's casual um tiger does things that we don't talk about sometimes we talk about stuff he does um <laughs> if you want to support the show you can go to unsafespace.com uh, if you want to follow us on twitter you can follow us at underscore unsafe space uh oh don't forget to share like subscribe all that stuff we have a book club coming up January 30th, we are doing Crime and Punishment. Did you send me the book? Uh, Dostoevsky. I did. Do you oh, have good. it? No. I don't have it yet. Yeah. That's okay. Okay. Um, yes, we're doing Crime and Punishment. If you want to join that, it's free to join. You just have to contact us, speak at Unsafe Space, and say, hey, I want to be in book club. And then you get to be in book club. What am I forgetting? I think that's it. Yeah. Uh other than it, things Tiger did that he shouldn't have done. <laughs> it was good. I, I, there's a number of people now who come to my church who found it through the our podcast. Isn't that crazy? Do we get a percentage of the tithe? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm going to ask Bradley. Nobody even tithes <laughs> if they if they're not a member or they don't. I mean, they're not. It's not even suggested unless you're a member. And uh, although one is a member now. But yeah, isn't that what a small world that people just happen to live close enough? And I even forgot, I went out for coffee with a couple of people afterwards and because you forget where you have met people. And then, and then one of my friends, I just think of her as my friend now. She was like, how many other people at the church came in through the podcast? I was like, oh, that's right. Isn't that crazy? It's like, anyway, it was very good. I was excited. The sermon was about uh, reaching the city and you know, forming, I would say, forming community and cult mm. building culture and all culture building and all the stuff that we talk about, but obviously specifically from a Christian point of view, which is not what we always talk <gasps> about. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> well, it was tell a Bradley, Christian uh, sermon. I want affiliate fees. That's all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but you know what they, he so said? You, you know what he said what? that's interesting, Carter? That would be good for even non-Christians who are thinking about building culture and community is he was talking about our little town of Georgetown and why Georgetown? Why pick, why Georgetown? And, and I like the answer was like, why not? Like, why right. not? This is as good. It's, it's a center for uh, um, art and culture and people, obviously a lot of overflow from the tech industry moving up here from Austin. And, but it's as good as any place to take a stand and say, no, we're not going to keep we're not going to keep moving out of the cities in, in to more and more rural areas. Like let's take a stand somewhere and say, no, we're fighting for what we believe in here. And, and yeah. And I, when I say fighting for what we believe in, I mean, articulating it, having conversations, being vocal, being 
out in the world and not being pushed but not fire back bombing. in the background. You don't mean I do not mean that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. There. Anyway, yeah, that was long. That's, a, that's how my weekend. No, I think that's we, a good. Uh, that's good advice, right? You do it. You do it where you are. And yeah. Why here is because because that's where you are. Yeah. That, why not? That's here? why you do. <laughs> yeah. That's that's yeah. where you are. Um. How was your weekend? So good. It was good. I mean, I don't know. It was a, it was long. It was a long weekend. And then last night we were talking before the show. So last night my buddy John Delarose, who's um, he writes. Uh, I guess young adult fiction is what it's called, and also comic books. He's like a comic book dude, um, and he's successful. Like that's his gig. Like he he writes comic books and, and books, and he's good at it. And and uh, he, apparently he's also really into tennis. And he was like, hey. Let's watch Novak Djokovic's hearing. Let's live stream it and watch it tomorrow on my channel. I was like, all right, I guess. So we started at like 3 p.m. Pacific time. And by 7 or so, 6.30 or 7, I was like, I, the court took a break. And I'm like, I can't come back. He ended up streaming it for, a <laughs> letter, for like eight hours. He stayed on the stream for like eight hours. Was it interesting? Watched. No. No, it, it was so bad. You know me, Carrie. So it was so bad. At the beginning, there was a bunch of simps for this one um, lawyer whose name was Naomi. He wasn't saying anything. She's for the government. She's just like sitting in the one of the Zoom windows in the corner, like shuffling papers and looking. There's all these simps that were like, she's the best. She's awesome. I love Naomi. You know, uh, and I was against them at first. I'm like, come on, guys. This is why Western civilization is dying. Like, you know, she's literally a lawyer for the government. She's not that hot. Relax. But by the end of the three or four hours, I'm like, yeah, this is she's the most interesting thing happening on the stream. There's like nothing like at least we get to watch Naomi shuffle <laughs> papers <laughs> like and she's not talking. So she's not like super boring because everyone who was talking was just like subsection C paragraph. It was it was really bad. Really boring. Um, <laughs> so. Uh <laughs> well, I'm glad you got to hang out with him. He's one of the many people, friends that we have uh, who've been permabanned from Twitter over something innocuous where they selectively apply yes. rules. Yes. Um, what else? What, what else happened this weekend I was going to tell you about? Oh, well, I was on Friday Night Tights. Uh, oh, yeah. How was that? And it was good. It was pretty filthy in parts. <laughs> Just have to apologize to anyone who's not used to the film and watch. Uh, it was fun though. Chrissy Meyer couldn't be on the whole thing, but she dropped in for a little bit. And did I she always, bring the filth? I, I always like talking to her, of course. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she, the That's filth and the fun. Um, but uh, uh, one of the things that Gary mentioned that I hadn't heard of, which is you probably know about this. So this is what I was going to tell you about. Okay. At some point, I was mentioning a narcissist. I think I was talking about Jody Arias, and he, he's he mentioned the CEO I had not heard of, Elizabeth Holmes. Oh, have yeah. you heard about this? Oh, I mean, everyone. I mean, sure. I I have not. Okay, there. I oh, have not. God. Yeah. Do you yeah. want to tell people? Yeah, I mean, about they it? made books and movies about her. She's incredible. <laughs> uh, yeah. Tell people about it. Um, who don't know. I don't. I don't remember the details of what her product was supposed to be, but it was some kind of super rapid, cheap blood test for a bunch of stuff. They promised um, they could prick you with one prick and look at your blood and tell yeah. you all these diseases. I don't remember have. all the stuff, but it was like yeah. lots of stuff they could get. It was revolutionary. Um, it also didn't exist, but that's beside the point. <laughs> so um, she, 
she has kind of like a Steve Steve Jobs fetish. So she like would dress up in Steve Jobs clothes. Um almost literally. No, I, maybe she went to Goodwill and got Steve Jobs sweaters. I don't know, but she was definitely Steve Jobs-ish. Um you know, she's on the young side and blonde and blue-eyed, so a lot of, you know, a lot of the guys in Silicon Valley are, you know, ooh, a young female. They're yeah. very excited. Um she was very good at painting a vision and getting people to follow her. She convinced uh she convinced a few older guys with reputations to join her board and join her yeah. and follow her. So that gave her some credibility. Character association. Um, she was mm-hmm. pulling people in. Yep. What she was doing was sufficiently technical um, and actually not in, well, not technical in the way that lots of people in Silicon Valley could understand, right? It was, it's biotech. So the subset of people who could, actually really understand what was going on it was much smaller like if she had been saying i have new ai stuff everyone and their mother could dive in roll their sleeves up and understand it in silicon valley but biotech some people could but not as many so it was it was definitely difficult to follow and um she raised a shit ton of money she convinced everyone this is next she got on oh she was on the cover of magazines as like the the darling uh Unfortunately for women, she was the she was the uh, representative of female Silicon Valley like CEOs for CEO, women. For yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Look how awesome she is. She's founder CEO. She's so brilliant. She's done this amazing thing no one could do. Um, and uh, she internally, though, people kind of knew something was going on, and she was really odd with how she wouldn't let people see things or talk about things and it was all snake oil the whole thing was snake oil it wasn't real yeah. um and she eventually got caught she eventually got caught and um just went to trial for fraud and a bunch of other charges but basically defrauding investors um like it all fell I, apart and she became exposed as a fake but then yes. she tried to pivot and I haven't seen the documentary or anything yet. I'm, I just okay. started down this rabbit hole because I just learned about oh, her on Friday. It's so good. It's and so good. She, it's, it's, you know. she pulled a Jodi Arias, which is funny that he mentioned her when I was talking about Jodi Arias because when she got found out as this fraud and, you know, she's ended up, they took her to trial and everything. She said, hey, guys, it's not my fault. My ex-boyfriend was I sexually see. abusing me emotionally and sexually abusing me, which is a Jodi Arias tried that. She tried throwing her boy, her ex-boyfriend who she murdered under the bus and he wasn't alive to defend himself. And uh, that was interesting. It's like always somebody else, this other person did this to me. And that's why it's like, you're here on trial for the fraud that you committed. (laughs) Like why are you bringing this? What she she did. So this is a danger warning sign to guys. She got, um, Guys with reputations, older guys with reputations to come around her and then blame them for when things went wrong. Like, and they had nothing to do with it. Yeah. Um, including some sexual harassment stuff. Like boyfriend is a you can look into that relationship. Uh <laughs> that's an interesting description. Oh, okay. Uh, but so <laughs> yeah, I mean, she's is one hundred percent psychopath. 
uh, psychopath and narcissist and, and I watch, mm -hmm. so there's a great, uh, body language panel that I like watching now. I know, you know, that I used to love body language ghosts. I still, but now, Oh yeah, there's a, this it's for body language experts. It's called the behavior panel on YouTube and they're amazing. It's cause it's four different guys and they break down videos in short chunks. And so I watched their Elizabeth Holmes one where they're, and one of the things that one of the guys, uh, Chase, I forget his last time he pointed out is that this is something I've just, I, I just thought was obvious about certain people that, that they've studied the cadence and the speech patterns of other people that they want to emulate and make you think of those people. So for example, Beto O'Rourke has studied Ob the way Obama speaks. Right. That's obvious Clearly. to me. Yeah. Very yeah. obvious. And this yeah. guy Chase pointed out that she studied Obama and mm -hmm. there's a part where she's being called out on all her lies and she's just continuing to lie, but she's speaking with this cadence and we do this with the hand movement and pause and say like this and with the hand. And he was, he was sort of saying she's learned how to do the Obama thing, except she doesn't have the charisma. She thinks the charisma will come yeah. naturally just from repeating the hand and the cadence and the tone and the way that he speaks about hope. And <laughs> I, right. okay, I'm not, I'm not good at it, but she's good at it. She just doesn't have, she can't mimic the charisma. It's but odd it is because like, she, yeah. she should be able to. Like she has some natural good looks and mm -hmm. she's learned that. But there's something about her that's very standoff, like that's weird. Um, yeah. There's like there's a vibe to her. Um, but well, I guess it got, worked on a lot of people. She got the crazy eyes too that you see in a lot she of She does have people. the crazy eyes, absolutely. Yeah. You can just look at the magazine covers and you see crazy eyes. Yeah. Uh, here, I got to look up her now. I got to, okay. it's been a while since well, I looked at her crazy eyes. Let me go look. Let me send you the yeah. image they chose, the image that they chose for their uh, body language video in case anybody wants to see it. Um, because this is a really, hold on, here we come. <laughs> they picked one. They picked a really good one when, uh, at least highlighting the eyes, how weird the eyes are. I don't know why this is the case. And again, it doesn't mean that if, per if a person has eyes like this, that they're crazy. But as Josh Slocum says, it's a it's one red flag. And if there's a lot of red flags, yeah, maybe. Like it's, a, Here, it's I'm one show you, I'm gonna sh I'll show you one of my favorite crazy eyes pictures of her. Uh, let me send it okay. to Beverly. <laughs> <laughs> because she looks like she should be smiling, but there's something wrong with the eyes. There's others okay. where she's not smiling. She's got plenty of like staring oh. at you. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you like that one. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly Put it on screen, Beverly. Yeah, that's exactly. Remember we talked about if you cover up the mouth and you look at the eyes and they don't match. There's something off. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's like that. Totally. Uh. Uh huh. Yeah. Give me all your money. <laughs> that's what. That's what those eyes say. <laughs> Love me, adore me, right. give me all your money. It's uh, <laughs> and they did, it's, and they did. It's uh, <laughs> yes. uh, they call it also. But she does this when she's speaking in the video, uh, the body language panel that I'm really into right now. They call it the romancer, when the especially when a woman does uh -huh. it, and rarely blink, very low blink rate, just locks onto you with these. Oh, romance she's got eyes. like her eyes are fixed like that. Yeah, if you watch yeah. interviews with her and stuff. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Uh, okay, I, I now know who Elizabeth Holmes is, and I'm gonna watch the documentary and stuff. I 
I forget where it is. It's not like blood something. It's on, I think it's on Netflix or one of those. I don't know where it is, but there's definitely, there's a book written about it. And then there's a follow-up documentary about it, but it's all pre-trial. Maybe there's a new one now that she's been, she's been convicted of a few things. I don't, I don't think she's convicted of everything, but. Yeah, not of uh, everything, but a lot of the fraud counts. And Gary was saying. Go ahead. Well, I think he was saying she's going to get less receive less punishment because she's a woman in his opinion. I don't know what oh, absolutely. the, yeah, the sentencing was, but yeah, probably. Of course. I mean, women generally get less punishment for the same crimes. That's just a thing, uh, you know, uh, on average, but, um, yeah, there was a, I don't want to reveal who this was, although I mean, it's well known. I just don't want to reveal that I've, knew i guess was involved uh so i knew this there was another you date, company you dated i did not date her okay no, no, <laughs> no nor did i date this person but okay. there was another female um ceo prior to elizabeth holmes a much smaller in scope so not you know not making the cover of forbes although successful and like household name kind of company um and she had a board of directors that were awesome they could have helped her um done whatever but she i think i think she partly got to where she was because she was a female that people were attracted to or liked or whatever they they bought into her stuff and in her case i'm not i don't think she was necessarily an elizabeth holmes but she got in it's a shame because she got in way over her head didn't know what to do and on she sent us an email on i was connected to the board people helping them she sent an email out I think it was like on a Saturday night or a Sunday that was like, oh, we ran out of money. This is like suddenly we ran out of money and I can't make payroll on a Monday. So I'm shutting the like I'm firing everyone. And shutting yeah. the, it was like like no warning from anyone. Um, and just the whole thing fell apart. Her reputation was ruined. And I always kind of felt a little bit bad for her because I feel like she was given she was promoted through life more quickly than she should have been probably and i and i think it was probably just because she had charisma that appealed to males that were giving her money and and stuff and she just didn't know what to do and she could have actually done she could have saved her company in a much like she could have called people a month in advance and said we're running out of money and i need help and blah blah. she had plenty of resources but she just didn't know what to do she was just she just kind of froze like a deer in the headlights in the and like you know, hundreds of people lost their jobs. Company just, it was horrible. It was a horrible, horrible mess. Um, I don't know. She makes me think. That's, that's the a downfall of, we've talked about this before on the show, but that's, I mean, one of the obvious problems with, with considering a person's race or sex or sexuality when you promote them or select them for positions or panels or it's, it's the culture we live in now tells us that's a good thing. You should want to select people, more women and more people of color and more gay people. And it's like, but if, but if you're selecting them only because of that or majority because of that, sometimes you're putting them in positions that they haven't, they haven't gone through all the things they need to go through to be able to succeed in that position yet. And you're setting them up for failure. Yeah. And, you know, that would be devastating to be selected because I'm a woman to run this company and get lots of investors because I'm a woman and they want to support a woman, but I just am not equipped not to, I'm not ready. Yeah. Yeah. 
and and I think it hurt her reputation in her career. But maybe if she had like not run the company and been at like a lower level, not low level, but like a slightly lower level role in the company and it survived, she would have learned the skills to then go do something on her own afterwards. But you know, yeah. there's they were so quick to get excited about her female attributes that it was like, oh, a female. Right. It's like, oh well, you know. <laughs> Good luck with that. Um, someone in chat says this is a it's a she, Elizabeth Holmes is a classic example of why you should back the product, not the person. I disagree with that. Uh, I think it's she's an example of the opposite. Um, because uh she was the problem, right? Like <laughs> you you backed the wrong person. The products could have not worked out. And a better person would have would have actually pivoted the product, done something, alerted people earlier, not gone on and raised after it was clear that the initial idea wasn't going to work. Like a better person wouldn't have – they might still have failed or they might have gone on and done something slightly different. But if they failed, it would have been a less catastrophic and, and huge crater in the earth that was left. It would have, they would have failed earlier. Um, so there's lots of things where you're not sure if it will work out at the very, very beginning. And the problem was – not, you know, like if you just invest in the technology, there's nothing there. It's like an idea and you think it can work and there's evidence that it can work. It wasn't like she made it up out of thin air. She was like, she thought some stuff could work um, and it couldn't. But instead of admitting that it couldn't work and it wasn't working, she chose lie, lie, lie. Let's just throw more dollars at it. I'll go use my wiles to get more money. And it turned into, instead of a small loss of a few million dollars and like a realization that this wasn't going to work. It turned into bless you carry a huge loss of like hundreds of millions or whatever it was. Right. Yes. Sorry about that sneeze. I know it's gross. I've had a cold for a while. It's the <laughs> Omicron. <laughs> I don't know what no, that's it is. Good. Uh, maybe getting Omicron is the best thing that we could do all of us right now. I don't know if I believe that you can actually, well, whatever. I know I had COVID for sure in September. Yeah. Uh, this has been a cold, but it's been lingering since Christmas. It's still here. Yeah. I don't know what it is. Lucha 23 says uh, she thinks Elizabeth Holmes was a fraudster from day one. Maybe. Although my guess is that she at least was like, here's an idea. I'll raise some money to see if it can work. You can do that without being a fraudster, right? She could have believed her own stuff and like, oh, maybe it'll work. I think it'll work, right? Um, maybe. Yeah, she could have believed her own stuff. I think the issue is then when she's confronted on having told lies and things that she she starts lying after everything falls apart. She even even she, when things start to fall apart, she starts yeah, lying. Yeah, yeah. She her starts lying. Is lie about it. Her default is lie, lie, lie. Nothing's my right. fault. I have no responsibility for anything. Everybody, everybody else failed, not me. <laughs> like right. yeah. it's just sort of, yeah, just a, yeah. That's the issue. Well, someone points in chat. She altered her voice from day one. That's true, but again, I that could be her believing that it could work, and she needs to go put on a persona and like she's always manipulative. I'm not saying she was not manipulative from day one, but she may have believed her own stuff at the beginning, and so um, I don't know. Who knows? It doesn't matter. The point it is, it doesn't matter. She's interesting to read about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, enjoy the documentary though. If you, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, Boris is right. happy to see Carrie with a real microphone. Yes, and I want to thank Clutch again for fixing this microphone and apologize because on Friday's show, 
I mentioned the microphone was fixed. It wasn't. But I think good, yeah. It, for the whole show, Carter, I was using the laptop mic without realizing. I know. It. That's why it was terrible. <laughs> I know, but when you said I've got it working, it was at a time when I was like, I don't want to tell her that it's not working because we're but in the middle of stuff. So it was not working. Somebody, yeah, I wish I had known. <laughs> I w somebody caught it on when I was on Friday Night Tights. Actually, it was my husband. He messaged me and was like, your microphone sounds like crap. And oh, no, it was X-Ray Girl. She's like, check it. It was the wrong one selected. Yeah, <laughs> I forgot about that. When you first were like, "There's no echo, echo, echo," I'm like, "Wait, oh, really? wait, 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 does it sure? sound good now? Right? Does it sound? It sounds much better now. Yeah, it sounds great, great okay. right now. Cool. Yeah. Um. So anyway, someone says Biden liked her. That's all I need to know. Yeah, she was that a lot of she had a lot of support from the Obama administration people and people around the Obama administration. All right. So, okay. So, Blood Lady. Speaking Done with Blood Lady. <laughs> speaking of lies, I <laughs> I sent you an article. I think it was the Reuters piece. There were a lot of these that came out over the weekend and I wanted to just oh, oh. briefly Actually, talk wait, about them. Before we go to that. No. Okay. No, no, we should do it. But Beverly in Notion, just click on the link it or you can just type it into Google yourself. Google Mass formation psychosis, and just look at what shows up. Yeah, this article I think is one of them. But Google it. I put it put it on. Let's screen, see. That's good see. to see because this is the time. Remember, we did an episode right after uh, January. It was sometime after January sixth of last year, where when it, I went into Google and I looked, and there were just tons of articles about white Christian nationalism. Right. And white Christian, white supremacy and Christianity, and they all were writing the same things at the same times. So let's see. Can you make that a little bigger, Beverly? Yeah, so so yeah. look at the top four stories right there. So they're the headlines. You want to read them, Carrie, or do you want me to? Yeah, insider. A scientist made unfounded COVID-19 mass formation psychosis claims. That's from Insider, right below it, independent. No academic credibility. Experts debunk mass psychosis COVID theory. Uh, <laughs> AP News, right next to it. Fact focus. They start with the word fact. Fact focus. Unfounded theory used to dismiss COVID measures. <laughs> and then Forbes, the fourth one here in this little uh, grouping. Forbes, what is mass formation psychosis? Robert Malone makes unfounded COVID-19, dot, dot, dot. Uh, scroll down just a little. I'm curious if this Reuters one's in there. Uh, I thought the Reuters one was. Oh, yeah, there it is right there. There it two. is. Fact check. No evidence of <laughs> pandemic mass formation psychosis. Unfounded theory. <sighs> Do you want to read one of them? Yeah, let's pull up the Reuters one. Let's pull up a couple of them. All right. Let's do it. I'm just going to grab Tiger because he wants to – this is his favorite article. Hold on. Okay. That's fine. You get him. All right. Can you uh, blow it up for an old man here? Make it bigger. I can't see it. Thank you. Uh, all right. No evidence of pandemic mass formation psychosis, say experts speaking to Reuters. Mass formation psychosis is not an academic term recognized in the field of psychology, nor is there – Evidence of any such phenomenon occurring during the COVID-19. <laughs> it's not a thing. Also, there's no evidence that we're doing that thing. Uh, multiple experts in crowd psychology have told Reuters. Hey, hold on good. one second. So 
It's not a thing, and there's no evidence we're doing that thing. What does that make you think of? CRT. Uh, CRT is not being taught in schools, but also we shouldn't make bills saying that it's not being taught in schools. (laughs) It's not being taught in schools in any way. Yeah. (laughs) It's great because we're teaching it in school. Um, (laughs) Yeah. It is, it is like that. Um, just to be clear, as a reminder, um, what's the guy's name? Mateus Desmet. Uh, he was the guy that I looked up that talked about it. He is a professor of psychology focused on <laughs> crowd psychology and that kind of stuff. He used it and actually explained it and wrote, wrote about it. So, so it is actually he, a term that is used. He, is he an expert? I would say maybe he's an expert. He also cited a book written in the late 19th century, granted old, about this topic. So it's been around for a while. Um, I feel like they're saying, uh, yeah, I mean, it's not as, obviously it's not as mainstream as Freud, but it's like, this isn't a term. It's like, well, it's been a term forever, dude. (laughs) It's been around forever. Yeah, maybe not a lot of people are writing papers about it anymore, but uh also, they were using this term, not this term, but this idea themselves during the Trump administration to describe behavior of yes. Trump people and whatever. So all right, yes, do you, let's, you want to keep reading? Yeah. So uh, I just want to highlight that last little sentence there. It says uh, multiple experts in crowd psychology <laughs> have told Reuters. Uh, yes. Online online searches for the phrase have spiked this month as seen in worldwide Google Trends data here after it was used in a popular podcast as the reason why people comply with public health measures. Dr. Robert Malone, pre, by the way, look at this. As, as <laughs> the reason, wait, before we Sorry. get to that though, as the reason why people comply with public health measures. I mean, I, even that sentence I think it's is, they're, right. they're using minimizing language there. Um, but Okay. I think it's more. Also, it, it wasn't. Also, it was not used as a reason why people comply with public health measures. It was used specifically as a reason why people are immune to any nuanced discussion of COVID health measures in particular, yes. and why it feels like it's all one sided, and why it's very difficult, and why the behavior of many people around COVID health measures feels irrational and seems irrational. It yes. wasn't used broadly to describe why people comply with health measures. Exactly. I mean, y'all wash your hands. It's not because of mass formation psychosis. Right. Exactly. Oh, Dr. Robert Merlone, previously fact-checked by Reuters here. <laughs> And here, wow, is the qu- are the quality of those fact checks as good as this one? I'm wondering, because <laughs> if this one has any, if this one is any measure of how great they are at fact checking, I don't know. I just don't think they they say it as if they say it as if people still have the same amount of respect for the media and for outlets like Reuters that that we did maybe 10, 15, 20 years ago, or at least I did. I yeah, don't have any. You think it would? <laughs> I'm yeah, like a Reuters fact check. Right. <laughs> Who cares? They, they think that they have credibility. I mean, it, it, it re- maybe it should say, Doctor Robert Malone 
an expert virologist for over 20 years who did some of the fundamental research associated with mRNA vaccines in the first place, who has been previously fact-checked yes. by BAs in English from Reuters here and here, told you, like, okay, thanks yeah. for that. Told the joke, yeah, they're not going to include that. If it were, if he were saying something they agreed with, they would, in, of course, try out all of his credentials. Look at this famous expert who created the mRNA technology, you know, who's instrumental in mRNA technology. Oh, now, but they're not going to say that because they don't like what he has to say. Oh, by the way, wait, wait, one more thing. One of the things Robert Malone pointed out, I think, was co-ownership of, or at least co-management on the board of director level of Reuters and Pfizer. Uh, so oh. <laughs> that's one of the things he pointed out. I'm sure they have a disclaimer at the bottom here somewhere that says that, right, Beverly? Well, uh, we'll see. <laughs> let's go. Oh, wow. This is a long fact check. Yeah. Okay. No, Dr. No Robert Malone, hmm. previously fact checked by Reuters here and here, told the Joe Rogan experience that, quote, mass formation psychosis, end quote, is a phenomenon that occurred in 1920s and 30s Germany when a highly educated population, quote, went barking mad, end quote. And that's what happened here, he said, referring to the COVID-19 pandemic. According to Malone, the condition occurs when a society becomes decoupled from each other and has a free-floating anxiety in a sense that things don't make sense. And then their attention gets focused by a leader or a series of events on one small point, just like hypnosis. He added, quote, they literally become hypnotized and can be led anywhere. They will follow that person. It doesn't matter whether they lie to them or whatever. The data are irrele irrelevant, end quote. As of January 3rd, the term has gathered more than 100,000 interactions, likes, comments, and shares on public Facebook pages. Really? Only 100,000? Uh, it Got seems like, that, yeah, there yeah. seems like they're doing some suppression maybe on um, public Facebook pages, groups, and verified profiles, according to social media monitoring tool, CrowdTangle. Users on Twitter have also shared the term, applying it as if it were a legitimate, as if it were a legitimate <laughs> condition to describe those receiving COVID-19 vaccines, tests, and following other health measures. Can, can you imagine, Carter, if they used, if they talked about the things that they do believe in it, with the same degree of uh, derision and skepticism? Like if they were to say people, scroll back down a second, Beverly, so I can read that sentence again. If they were to say uh, users on Twitter have also shared the term uh, climate change as if it were legitimate. Or I was thinking like users on, <laughs> users on Twitter have encouraged, encouraged using cloth masks to protect from COVID as if that were a thing that could happen. Yeah. As if it right. were a legitimate protection yeah. measure. Um, or if right. they were to say, users on Twitter have also shared the term Russian collusion as if it were a legitimate. Oh, that's theory. a good one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> as if it were legitimate. That's a good one. Russian uh, collusion. Okay. The phrase does not appear in the American Psychological Association, the APA Dictionary of Psychology nor does it appear in PsychNet database of published research articles. I, can I point something out about yes. the, those things? Because then they also say numerous psychologists have said that it's not officially recognized. Um, most psychologists, and I don't know, I'm not going to say what the APA dictionary covers. I don't know. But the vast majority of conditions that are discussed are personal. Um, you can't get mm -hmm. a you can't get diagnosed with mass right. formation psychosis. It's a way of describing crowd behavior. Um, and 
so the idea that there's not a di- like it's like saying well it's not in the dsm five it's like well so what like i don't that's not a thing you're not going to get diagnosed with it it's a it's a descriptive behavior it's a descriptive measure um uh for crowds for crowd behavior so yes okay there's a, who cares yeah there's another one that we mention a lot on this show that would also not be in in the uh, uh, DSM, and that's the threshold theory for riots. Right. You know, we've talked about that before. Thing. It's a theory. It is a thing. It's it's the attempt to explain observed phenomenon. The guy who named this, what is his name, Matthias? The guy who called this mass formation psychosis. Mm-hmm. He is attempting to describe observed phenomenon <laughs> and give it a name so it can be more easily talked about. That's what naming things is, is that's what it is, is naming it. Uh, people have called this a variety of things throughout history. If, I mean, I, just recently, yes. in, until mass, mass formation psychosis took off in terms of people searching for it and looking for it for, I think, a couple of reasons. One, the Streisand effect, because Robert Malone had just been banned mm-hmm. from Twitter. By the way, Streisand effect, look that up in the DSM, not there. Uh, but we all, we all, <laughs> we all it's know no what legitimate that, condition, Carrie. <laughs> but we all know what that means when you say it, right? Ah, oh, say experts agree the Streisand effect is not a thing. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Streisand effect. Everybody wanted to tune into that particular Joe Rogan episode to see what the band doctor had to say, and so a lot of people saw yep. that episode, and because he gave a name to something he, which isn't his name, he took it from. This other expert, Matthias, he said, "Hey, I read I, about I'm this thing." I'm actually not sure where Matthias got it. I I was gonna, I have ordered the book from the late 19th century, but mass formation might be that old. I'm not sure because he doesn't say I've termed it. It's a neologism. He just talks about it like it's a thing, and he references the book. So, right, it could be a super old term. I'm not sure. Yeah. But it's a way of either way, it's a way of defining absurd phenomenon so we can talk about it. And people responded to it, I think, because everybody has been a lot of people. And we we've all been talking about this and using different terms like collective insanity, uh, collective personality disorder. Almost we've talked about, uh, you know, mass psychosis, mass formation psychosis is just another way of saying mass psychosis, which a lot of people have called it that. It doesn't matter what the term is. The fact is this term hit and they don't like the fact that it hit and that it was effective and that people are looking it up now. Um, the same way CRT hit. CRT hit. They It was a name. Well, Karen, they, CRT yeah. is not a real thing. That's just a legal... <laughs> Got it. <laughs> That's just a legal theory. It's, in fact... I interviewed some people uh, who are teachers and they've never heard of it. So I talked to a panel of experts and anonymous sources <laughs> who all agree. <laughs> they all agree that CRT is not a thing. Right. Um, they never heard of it anyway. That, that's their next phrase, their next line here. I have never heard of this concept. John Derry, professor of social psychology and director of research and knowledge exchange at the University of Sussex, wrote in an email to writers. Okay. <laughs> Okay, you never I, heard of it. Great. Good for you, John <laughs> Drury. I like now he might look in his defense, he might not actually saying it's he might not be saying it's illegitimate. They might have said, Hey, can you talk about this? He's like, Well, I've never heard of it. Like, okay, well, maybe he doesn't that's not his thing. That's that's fine. Right? He doesn't have to have heard of it. Um, but they're gonna they used it in the article. He never heard you of know, it. 
It's like I never heard of the threshold theory for riots until I heard about it. Right. <laughs> I never, right. I never heard about this until I did hear about it. It, th- th- he's not saying anything there, in my opinion. I, yeah. No, so, no. So you're hearing he about is. it now. And he might not be wanting to say anything there. I, yeah. We don't know what his – we don't know what he meant by that. He might have said – he might have meant – I mean, who knows? It's taken out of context, and I don't trust Reuters. So he may very well have written, I've never heard of this concept, but I don't study this very much. It may very well be a valid concept, so I can't really talk on it at the end. And they were like, aha, he's never heard of it. I, who knows? That's, that's who all knows? they put in here. Yeah, never heard of it. Great, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. But Jay heard of it. Jay Van Bavel, associate professor of psychology and neural science at New York University, said the term doesn't exist as a real academic concept. It does now, dude. Adding, quote, I've been studying group identity and collective behavior for nearly two decades and just published a book on the topic. They linked to the book. And not once have I come across this term. I don't know what to tell you, but like uh, your colleagues have. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like there and there. Here's the thing that's uh, really disingenuous about this. Reuters. If you wanted to find professors who know what this term is and would say it's legitimate and have credentials. You could. You could have. I mean, I just threw you one name. That's the one guy I know. I'm sure he's got colleagues. I'm sure he could tell you other people who know. If we did some more, you know, deeper research, we could probably find other people. You could find experts who do know what this term is. You have chosen not to. You've chosen to find experts who don't know what the term is. And you're using that as if, because there's no other side of this. There's no other, like, then again, his colleague in Belgium says he does know the term, and like none of that. Let's, I don't think, let's read the rest of this. Uh, let's see. It seems to have been made up recently. <laughs> like critical race theory? I mean, there are some, how, yeah. how old is that phrase? You know what I mean? Like social justice, intersectionality. A lot of these terms, it, it, term, the, the age of a, of, uh, a new term or a term, the age of a term to describe something doesn't negate the value of what that term is, the existence of what that term is describing. Am I phrasing that right, Carter? Yeah. I mean, you could say the same about any, any like newly developed scientific term, like any neologism, right? Like any, anything. So there was a time at which you could have said, well, quantum mechanics seem to have been, it's a made up term. Like, well, Yes, yes, it was, yeah. and 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 now it's legitimized because time has passed. So, okay, it's <laughs> thank like, you for that. The Streisand effect seems to have been made up recently. There, right? Yeah, there so are I, similar I sounding. I'm trying to think of a yeah. recently made up term, but yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, well, white fragility. White fragility was only oh, yeah, coined in 2011, go. guys. If you used this on their terms like the words that they've used, the neologisms they've introduced, they would be, rightly so, I think they would challenge that and say, well, the age of the term doesn't matter. We have now have a term to describe this phenomenon, right? right? So we all know what we're talking about. Anyway, it seems to have been made up recently. There are similar sounding concepts like mass psychogenic illness. Yes, that's our point, is lots of people are talking <laughs> about this and they've been calling it different things, yes. 
but the scope of these is relatively narrow compared to what's being proposed here. Reuters also spoke to Stephen Riker, professor of social psychology at the University of St. Andrews, who has studied crowd psychology for more than 40 years. He described the concept of a, quote, mass psychosis, end quote, as, quote, more metaphor than science, more ideology than fact. Well, I also want to be clear, since there's, they're going to quibble over terms, mm-hmm. the term isn't mass psychosis. It's mass formation. Yeah. So he described a term that's not actually being discussed as more metaphor than science. Like, All right. right. That's fine. That's not the term. Oh, here we right. go. It arises out of – here we, they're going to mention this book maybe. It arises out of mass society theories and crowd psychology theories which were developed in the 19th century and which reflected a fear of the masses. Oh, he's going to ad hominem there, <laughs> the scientist. He said the claim was that people in the mass lose their sense of identity and their ability to reason. They regress to an inferior mental state where they are manipulable by unscrupulous leaders. It has been totally really? discredited by contemporary work on groups and crowds. No, it has really? not. Really? No, it Anyone has not. Anyone who's ever been on a committee knows this is exactly what happens or in a crowd anywhere. Yes. It's, I mean – there's it's a the reason they call it groupthink. There's a reason there's an entire study of crowd behavior. It's because that exact thing you just said is exactly what happens. Yes. I, it's, 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 it's the same such, thing. This is such gaslighting. <laughs> it makes, I'm sorry. I'm just as passionate <laughs> as you. It's, it's, it's infuriating because they're ga- they, they are gaslighting us. They're saying, no, people don't behave differently in crowds. It doesn't lower their inhibition. And every study we know proves that's, the opposite. That's discredited. It, they even they, they talk about, about this all the time online. It's the same thing because in a crowd, you give up, you become more anonymous in a crowd, just like wearing a mask. <laughs> Studies with masks show that, that okay, being online, you're more anonymous. Being in a crowd, you're more anonymous. Wearing a mask, you're more anonymous. It lowers your inhibitions and people are more likely to engage in behaviors they wouldn't engage in if they were not anonymous. This, this is the same thing with the, the threshold theory and riots. Being in the crowd, you're going to have people who would not pick up that rock and throw it unless they see one other person doing it and unless they see two people doing it. And so now they'll start throwing rocks because they're in a crowd of people where other people are pushing their behavior in a direction. It's like, we know this. It's not even, I mean, it's common sense, right? Yeah. But can you scroll, Beverly, scroll back up. I just want to see that one line just a moment, like right, right above there. Yeah. So he says, they, let's just see what he's saying has been discredited because he's not saying, well, the necessary constituent of free-floating anxiety and then projected onto a scapegoat. Well, he's not saying that. He's not like picking apart the details. What he's saying is people in the mass lose their sense of identity. That is 100% true by observation. We know that. They lose their ability to reason. Also, observably 100% true. They regress to an inferior mental state. Where they're manipulable by unscrupulous leaders. A hundred percent true. That's what he's saying has been discredited by contemporary work. He's a fucking liar. That is an absolute lie. Anyone can go out in any crowd and see all three of those things as 100% true through induction. You don't need a degree. You don't need to do math. You don't need to do anything. Just go out in the crowd and look at how they behave. All three of those things are present. Use your fucking eyes. Induce hey. from reality and draw conclusions. That is re- the fact that he thinks he can get away gaslighting that really pisses me off. It's the equivalent of saying, There's no such thing as the sun or stars. Don't look up. There's that movie Netflix where they're yeah. telling you don't look up. It's the same kind of crap. It's like, That's been totally discredited. 
Open your eyes. It is not discredited. Name me anyone with any experience in a crowd who thinks any three of those things aren't 100% true about a crowd. Right. It's so can, crazy. We can see it even so on a small scale with cults. So look at, you know, Jim Jones, look at the people who fought. They lose their sense of identity. That's what they're saying. They lose their sense of identity. Their identity becomes forged with the group. They are more likely to engage in things they wouldn't have engaged in as an individual because now they are part of this group mentality. And yes, they are in a, what's what's the sentence say? They regress to an inferior mental state where they are manipulable, manipulatable by unscrupulous leaders. Yes. Look at Charles Manson. Look at the group identity that people took on and the things that they engaged in. And some of those people had never engaged in those kind of behaviors before. It's just, that's on a small scale with a cult, right? But, but look at, look at a, look at an event that they, they have used this um, January 6th to push a certain narrative, but look at what really happened on that day. In my, you've got people who are in it swept the I'm talking about the MAGA, MAGA moms and the people who mm -hmm. were there yep. not to do any, they were there to protest they're, they're not there to engage in any kind of like overthrowing the government, but you've got Look, people. Look, if an insurrection came from the right, you guys <laughs> would fucking know it. Trust me. Yes. And so you've got people who are now pushing and saying, let's go in the Capitol and the Capitol doors get open. And everybody knows human nature. They, You know this. There are people in that crowd who would not have decided, I want to, let's go in the Capitol. But because they're at the front of the crowd, there's an excitement with the group. Everyone's moving in. It's like, are we doing this? Are we doing this? There are people who went in that day because they got caught up in this this group mentality of this is what's happening. They, they passed that threshold theory of they wouldn't be, they don't have a threshold of zero. They're not the first one to pick up a rock. But if they see somebody else doing it, or if they see two people doing it, or they say three, or they see a hundred, then they're like, okay, my threshold's a hundred. It's just been met. We're doing this thing, right? Like that's that's what happens in a group. <sighs> yeah, and I would say with one six, not to get off on a tangent, but right. I I'm an adamant. I will adamantly argue that on one six, many of the people that even went all the way into the Capitol building didn't really know what was going on. I agree. Like, there is there's a normalization that happens. Let's say crowds do something like if you show up and the fences have been removed and people are filtering in you can kind of reasonably assume like oh something's changed either the they broke in the authorities don't care or they're letting people or like it doesn't something's changed about the state i'm sure if i just walk in and take a picture and don't do anything i'll be fine or whatever like there's not a people people react to what other people are doing and it is it's actually rational and legitimate to look around and go like everyone is doing this it's probably fine like the guy over there you know stealing something or whatever that's probably not fine but like you get to this moment where it's being allowed it's being allowed and that's it's it's totally reasonable that there were people in the crowd who didn't pay attention to the details and notice that it actually wasn't being allowed and it wasn't really happening like it shouldn't have been happening I'm not saying people right. that went into Nancy Pelosi's office didn't know that, but like people who wandered up to the steps or looked, went in the wind, you know, went, walked in and looked around and like took pictures. I agree. It's a, it's a, it's also why we, when we focus, I think as, as a society on um, instilling the right principles with our children, we teach things like if all of your, everybody knows that phrase, or at least Gen X knows that phrase. Maybe they don't teach that anymore, but when we were kids, we were told if all of your friends jumped off a cliff, would you jump off the cliff? Why do they, why do parents teach kids that they teach you not to go along with the crowd that going along with the crowd is not always the best way. 
it's I don't know. I, I'm not. I, I don't. Apparently, think I'm, there's no such thing as going along with the crowd. It's been co- totally discredited <laughs> by contemporary work on groups and crowds. Gary, wait. Nobody the, does sorry. that. <laughs> Beverly, can you scroll up? What's this asshole's name who's saying this? Who, who are they quoting right now? Wait, Stephen Riker. Riker. Stephen Riker is a fraud. <laughs> a total fraud. Um, a fraud. I want to see what he looks like. But not right. We can look for him in a second. I just no, want to read the rest fine. of this piece first. Yeah, yeah, Stephen Riker. Okay. Okay, Van Babel. Now we're going back to Van Babel. Van Babel, who said he found the idea of mass formation psychosis, quote, reductionist. I bet he had a <laughs> I bet he had on a bow tie and a and a little twiddly mustache while he said that. Um, it's reductionist, highlighted a different account of the role of psychology groups and leadership in the rise of Nazism. He also pointed to a study he co-authored. And released in November 2020. Analysis <laughs> 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 has none of these people ever been in academia. Do you know what it's like? You could talk about the mating rituals of dung beetles, and there'd be some guy that's like his theory is completely bullshit and discredited. My paper is much better. It's like I okay, thank you, thank you. Was ben that a was that? Did you intend that pun, Carter? It's dung beetles. That's bullshit. I didn't that's- even intend the pun. It just happened. <laughs> it's it's beetles poop. He also pointed to a study he co-authored and released. Oh, he's, they're all promoting their own books and studies, by the right. way. Yeah. Funny. <laughs> Here's my study. <laughs> uh, <laughs> which he released in November 2020, analyzing the movement of approximately 15 million Americans during the early stages of the pandemic, finding that one of the, quote, single biggest predictors of following social distance guidelines was political partisanship. What is true, of course, is that people do have to that make sense. The other thing, but okay. I know exactly. I want, that's why I'm reading the rest to see if he, <laughs> what he just said supports the theory. But let's go on. What is true, of course, is that people do have to make sense of a confusing and complicated world with different accounts coming from different sources. Oh, now we're back to Riker. I see. Um, but that's yeah, also so what, Van, that's a non thing. With the okay. So Van Babel, <laughs> Van Babel's quote doesn't even refute. It sort of seems to support it. No. That people make choices based on political party. Well, isn't isn't that like sort of like deciding things based on what group you're in? Okay. Um, do you want to finish? Yeah. I, I don't even know if we need I'm just like I'm, I just quickly skimmed the next paragraph. It doesn't even now they're just talking bullshit in circles. It's just like, well, it's a, I mean, they're saying the equivalent of it's a complicated world, lots of data. Like, all right, thank thank you. That's the summary. We're not vaccinologists. So when people tell us contradictory about things about vaccines, who do we listen to? It's like, okay, great. None of this has to do with debunking mass formation. This is just you commenting on the fact that there's lots of contradictory information out there and things are confusing. Like, okay. I mean, so who cares? Scroll, scroll down to this part. He added. Okay, this part that's interesting. Go. He added... But telling people who disagree with you that they are deluded and in a state of psychosis is essentially a device to Uh, silence them and a form of disrespect. It alienates and hence undermines an attempt at dialogue. It isn't an explanation of the problem. It is part of the problem. I have have something to say about this. Change this up here. People are not simply they're not telling this to people just because they disagree with them. I would I would agree with him if that's what was happening, but that's not what's happening. No one's using that as a counter argument. Exactly. You're nobody's so cool. nobody's saying you disagree with me, therefore 
you're experiencing psychosis. What they're saying is you are supporting authoritarian policies that strip people of individual rights and for, and you're supporting government force um, on the basis of, of belief, belief, not science on the basis of belief that is sometimes belief that is not supported by all available evidence. That's mass psychosis. It's not because you disagree with me. It's because you're following a belief system that's not supported by facts and evidence. Even you guys are now saying vaccine, the vaccine doesn't prevent COVID, but yet you all well, have to get, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I also think they're just conflating two things. No one said the best thing to do is tell people that they're suffering from mass formation psychosis. No one said that. What we're saying is we're stepping back outside of this and saying, what's going on in our world? Is this a model that could explain the behavior? And if you think that is a model that can explain the behavior, then your next question is, how do we get people out? So the same thing would be true if it was a cult. Running up to someone in a cult saying, you're in a cult, doesn't help. That is true. Yeah. That doesn't help them. But that doesn't mean the concept of the cult is invalid. It doesn't mean that you can't Correct. step back and go, gee, what are the dynamics in a cult? What's a cult like? How do we reach people in a cult? Looks yeah. like they're in a cult. Like, okay, then you can develop ideas for how to reach them. This guy is saying, telling people who disagree that they're in a state of psychosis is essentially a device to silence. I'm like, that no one's suggesting that you tell people to shut up because they're part of a mass formation psychosis. No one is saying Next time they tell you to do whatever, just tell them they're part of mass formation psychosis and just <laughs> shut the hell up. No one's saying that. No. What they're doing is they're saying, why are people behaving strangely? Maybe this is a tool. Maybe this is a tool for understanding why. Okay, now how do we reach people? If that is what's going on, then the second question is how do you reach them? You don't just yell at the mass formation. And no one suggested that. He, it, it's a, this is a completely dishonest take i i hate the dishonesty here these people are incredibly dishonest yes in their and and by the way it might be because they're also members of the cult right yeah they, they may are not know yeah so to that point and then i want to come back to this for a second but to that point someone just messaged me and said I won't mention who just in case they don't want to be mentioned but they said just popped into the stream and saw that you're talking about a certain stephen Riker. Interesting character. Steven Riker is a member of the Scientific Advisory Group for Emergencies, SAGE, subcommittee advising the UK government on behavioral science for COVID. He is one of the lead <laughs> advisors dictating the UK government response to COVID. <laughs> oh, I'm sure that's not a, don't worry, that's fine. <laughs> Interesting, Carter. I think... You're onto something. Um, I, 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 to this oh, same... Also, also, hold on. Okay. Here is a, here's an article in the Post Millennial. Jay Van Babel looks like he's also, I'm going to read a tweet from him. Until we get a vaccine, our only real tools are behavioral. We have to think of enough, we have to think through the lens of behavioral science. What can we do to nudge and encourage and control and motivate people to do the right thing? Like, also, apparently interested in pushing. He also says this from September of last year, a horrifying feature of cult psychology. Propaganda works best when those who are being manipulated are confident that they are acting of their own free will. And he's quoting Joseph Goebbels. 
So this guy, very aware that all of these tools of manipulation work and is calling to do something for yeah. for the greater good. Uh, but, I mean, they, yeah. they okay. understand this. The, going back to this paragraph again, the when you're the one that you're saying is dishonest, and I completely agree. Um, think about so so this phrase that they they are trying to say doesn't ex oh this doesn't exist mass formation psychosis. So think about how Robert Malone was talking about how this this could be used to explain what we saw happening with groups of people in 1920s and 1930s Germany going along with something that is insane, mm -hmm. right? Like, what, trying to explain how that happens, right? So can you imagine this guy, Stephen, what's his name? <laughs> Stephen. Oh, Riker. Stephen Riker. Can you imagine him, somebody saying, hey, I think that the people, like if this were happening in 1920, if we were in 1920s Germany, 1930s Germany, if people were saying, look at all this, these people going along with this, this belief system that is, um, not supported by evidence and is arguably uh, hurting people, despite what the government's telling us. Uh, it could be explained by mass, this thing called mass formation psychosis. Now, can you imagine this guy, Steven, going, hey, hey, hold on. Telling people who disagree with us, okay, that they are <laughs> deluded and in a state of psychosis is essentially a device to silence them and a form of disrespect. You're disrespecting these good German people who are going along with all this, okay? You're trying to silence them. It alienates them and hence undermines an attempt at dialogue. It's not an explanation of the, problem. Part of the problem. It's a part of the problem. <laughs> let's not let's not attempt to understand why all these people went along with this awful thing in history. You're just you're just uh you're just essentially trying to silence them if you do that. Like can you imagine that? That's what he's doing here. Well, a lot of people like him did that, I'm sure, in in the Weimar Republic. But yeah, I I Here's the thing we have to remember and why uh, actually Reuters fact checks on this are irrelevant just from the very beginning. Um, the people using mass formation look at as a, as a phrase are looking out at the world and saying the crowd is behaving irrationally. Why? The people at Reuters and the people they're quoting, they're looking out at the crowd and saying, the same crowd, not different crowd, same crowd, and saying they're behaving rationally and and the, this they're doing the right thing. Those people that are worshiping Fauci and doing whatever they're told, they're doing the right, rational, smart, scientific thing. And so, of course, of course, if you say, does this term describe their behavior? Their answer will be, of course, it doesn't describe their behavior. I'm part of them. I'm rational and doing the right thing. And this is like, <laughs> of course, they're going to push back on this because it's derogatory towards their group. <laughs> like, it's not a flattering description of the group to which they are member, in which they are members. And actually, some of them probably parts of the leadership. So, of course, they're going to come out. I mean, it doesn't matter. You could use any term that they liked yesterday and apply it in a way that they don't like today. And there would be fact checkers debunking that this is not yeah. true because they think that the, the, the branch Covidian cult are the rational ones. Yeah. They're the rational, smart ones, the science ones. 
It's the other people who are the crazy ones. So they'll they will gravitate towards any theory that they can say applies to the other people. Um, yeah. All right. Yeah. So we should we read the rest? Of, I don't know uh, well, we one last just again to drive this because uh, I'm, I'm not sure if I'm phrasing it the right way. So I want to take that paragraph just one more time and ask people, imagine if somebody said, I think Matt, I think this thing that we're calling mass formation psychosis might explain why all the Manson family went along with what Charles Manson, you know, as he escalated and, and increasingly right. demanded them to do crazier things. I think that might explain how you get these seemingly some of them normal people with no criminal background could participate in this. And then uh, imagine saying that and then having someone like Steven Riker expert say, Hey, telling those cult family, telling those Manson, wait, Beverly, don't, don't let me lose that paragraph. (laughs) Telling those people, those Manson family members who disagree with you that they're deluded and in a state of psychosis is essentially a device to silence. Like, again, take this whole paragraph and apply it to that. That's what it's, it's trying to stop you from trying to stop us from understanding why groups of people go along with something that doesn't make sense. Seemingly right. normal, and, good people. Why do yeah. they go along with something? Well, and you can imagine a member of the fans, Manson family, if asked as an expert, would say, well, calling us, just just replace it with us because he's a member of the group he's talking about. Telling us who dis, telling those of us who disagree with you that we are deluded and in a state <laughs> of psychosis is essentially a device to silence us and it's <laughs> disrespecting us. It alienates us and undermines yeah. our attempt at dialogue. It's not an yeah. explanation. You're a part of the problem, right? Like You're that's part of the okay. I get that. And if, and if, but if you were outside of this, if you're outside of the Manson family in this analogy, right? If you're outside of the Manson family and you really don't think that mass formation is a d- good description, but you agree with the premise that there's a problem, your fact check would look much different. It would be, yeah. well, mass formation, I don't think is a really good explanation for all this crazy irrational behavior. Instead, I think this other model is a better explanation for the crazy irrational behavior because of X, Y, and Z. But they're not saying that. What they're saying yeah. is there is no crazy irrational behavior here. Yes. It's yes. a bad term. There's no crazy irrational behavior. And here's some stuff about Nazis that I wrote. I'm like, okay, yes. that's that's nice. <laughs> good for you. Irrelevant. Yes, you're exactly right. They don't think this is crazy, irrational behavior. And by the way, if anybody, I haven't looked at chat, but if anybody's asking why are you talking about the main stuff, sometimes it's necessary to use an extreme example to uh, test an argument, I think. And so his argument is that you can't look at something that you, you consider crazy, irrational behavior. You can't look at that and and try and def- explain it with mass psych- mass uh, formation psychosis. You can't do that because why? Because well, that others people and it undermines an attempt at dialogue. And and really, it's just that they disagree with you. Um, and that's not true. You you could you would never for an extreme example like the I picked the Manson family because presumably he would agree with me that that's crazy and irrational. And maybe because he would agree with me, then he would say, okay, you can use mass formation psychosis to explain that, <laughs> yeah, right? right? You yeah. can, because <laughs> nobody would ever look at that and say, oh, it's, it's a, it's a family, the family members, they, they, you know, they just disagree with you. They think murdering is okay to start a race war. You don't think it's okay. It's simple disagreement. Why can't we have a dialogue about whether starting a race war 
with murder is good or not. Let's have a dialogue, come to the table. Don't alienate people who think it's okay just because you don't think it's okay. Like that's sort of like right. what, that's the right. absurdity we're at. They're, they're doing that, but instead of saying, instead of defending murdering people to start a race war, they're defending authoritarian government policies in order to stop, uh, presumably to stop a virus that has a 99% survival rate. They're like, 0.9. yeah, 99 point, they're like, we think it's okay for the government to use force to tell you, you have to inject yourself with a new vaccine and that you can't open your business or operate your business and you can't go to work. We think it's okay for the government to take away your individual rights and you don't, we just simply disagree. Like, don't say that we're deluded and that, you can explain what's happening over here on our side with the psychosis formation, whatever. That's not even a thing. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, get, okay. I mean, just to remind, like he's also just misrepresenting what's being done. Yeah. Right. He's, he's arguing against a straw man. He's saying, telling people you disagree with blah, blah, blah. Well, no one said that's what you should be doing. So what the hell are you talking about? Right. Like, yeah. you know, the way to break up the Manson cult isn't to go in and explain to them that they're psychotic. Like we get that. <laughs> no one suggested that. Yeah. Uh, do we need to, should we keep, I, I don't Actually, know. Actually, yeah, scroll uh, down. I just want to read this okay. other guy, Chris Cocking. Okay. Chris Cocking, principal lecturer at the school of humanities and applied social sciences at the university of Brighton. See, look how they, you're right, Carter. Earlier on, when they mentioned Dr. Robert Malone, they didn't give any glowing recommendation. It didn't tell us yeah, anything about who he is. Title. Yeah. But these guys, oh, look at all their credentials. Uh, he told, told Reuters that a preferred way to explain crowd action was in terms of, quote, shared identities, relations between different groups, and leadership influence, end quote. He said, we have all spent our careers trying to undo a rationalist approaches that pathologize oh. oh so this is where you see some okay guys you're seeing bad philosophy creep into psychology which is not surprising since psychology's never had good philosophy uh he he's worried about pathologizing he doesn't want the crowd to feel bad when he doesn't want the nazis who voted for hitler to feel bad about their behavior <laughs> you're pathologizing them he doesn't like that <laughs> It's just, it's all, it's this smacks of relativism to me, right? It's, mm -hmm. it's, uh, oh, the group's rational or not. Uh, it doesn't matter. They're just different groups and they interact. And that's all we're doing. We would like to non-judgmentally explain all of this. Like, oh, that's, that's good. You do that, Chris. Uh, but well, that's what, that's, that's a, what you're saying. That's a good right? point. Yeah. Don't pathologize it. Okay. Uh, recent studies on urban disorder. <laughs> what if they're murdering people? Well, don't pathologize <laughs> no, that behavior. Exactly. <laughs> He's a serial killer. Stop pathologizing. It hurts his feelings, and it's not going to convince him. <laughs> we need to normalize in order to save. These uh, are the, By the way, I just want to remind everyone, this is the same profession, not to taint the entire profession, but they've done a good job of doing that themselves. We do have psychologists that we really like, but this is the same profession that's like decided that your child needs to go on hormone blockers and get surgery before they're, they've gone through puberty because of some identity crisis that they're going through. So these are the experts. Like this is, it's that field. That's how disgustingly corrupt the philosophy in psychology is in general. 
there are we like you know Sira Chawala. We there's tons we like. There's people that we like that we think are doing a good job, but by and large, most of them are crap. Uh, just so you know, Carter, this guy Chris Cocking, I'm being told, is also a member. Of this <laughs> of the scientific advisory group for emergencies that subcommittee because that's advising the UK on COVID. except for calling their friend. Hey, <laughs> who are the people in charge who disagree? <laughs> <laughs> um, this reminds me of oh, they're going to their own experts whose job it is to push the authoritarian policies, and they're saying, "Hey, what are these guys?" whose job it is to to validate and, right. and get approval for these authoritarian government responses to COVID. What do they think? Oh, they agree with these responses to COVID? Cool. I mean, it's it's almost like when um <laughs> do you remember when do you remember when Hillary Clinton How are Clinton your detractors fell? wrong? Tell us. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, but do you remember when Hillary Clinton <laughs> fell and then uh people were were guessing there might be some health problems there and Remember right. how Cernovich, I think it was Cernovich was on 60 Minutes and 60 Minutes guy asked him, you know, uh, why would you say that Clinton might have these other medical problems? And, and Cernovich was just like, well, he turned it on him and said, well, what did, what did he say? He said it was just a cold or he something. Said, why do you th- yeah. Why do you think it was pneumonia? Why do you think it was pneumonia? And 60 yeah. Minutes guy says, well, because that's the campaign told us it was pneumonia. <laughs> what, right. Your source is the campaign. Right. Like okay. <laughs> We've seen this before. I'm trying to remember the other example where they're like they're like uh Google, we asked Google if they were uh you know messing with algorithm results and they said they weren't. So Yeah, no, actually that was what happened in the in the hearings, right? We yeah. we asked we we pulled Jack Dorsey in front of uh Congress and said, "Hey, is is Twitter unfair? Nope. Okay. Nope. Thanks for that. <laughs> cool. Thanks for your time, Mr. Dorsey. Have a good one. Yeah. That's what this is. That's what this is. All of their experts, all their experts are being paid to push this policy. It's like, let's go to the experts who are being paid to push this policy. Do you agree with the policy? Yes. <laughs> yeah. These people say that you're, hey, here's some, here's some detractors that say that you're, uh, Putting people in a pseudo hypnotic trance with your uh, with your propaganda is that true? No, pseudo hypnotic <laughs> trances are not a valid term, and this is not propaganda. Saying it's propaganda wouldn't help anyone. Okay. <laughs> oh man! Oh, I. This is why laughter is good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what are you going to do? You have to laugh about this. All right. Well. Yeah, I think we've done gonna, enough now. Now they're going to do studies on urban disorder. We yeah, we don't have to look all this stuff. Whatever. Yeah. Okay. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Actually, I want to read that last thing. The idea yeah. that crowds, oh. hold on, the idea that crowds fall under a mass psychosis, uh, you just lost it, which means they are no longer responsible for their actions is a total myth that's not supported by any credibility. No one said they're not responsible for their actions, you fucktard. Yeah, of course they're responsible for their actions. That's a straw man. <laughs> that's a straw man. It's, oh. it's, they are so dishonest. Oh, look at the verdict. Oh, let's read the verdict. We're at the end. Verdict. Oh, okay, good. I like how that makes it sound more official and doesn't it? It, sound it all- doesn't say false, actually. Even after all that, they can't say false. Yeah. Verdict missing context. <laughs> There's no evidence to suggest mass formation psychosis has occurred during the pandemic. Experts told experts Reuters. who are part of the mass formation told the writers. <laughs> the term the itself crowd is- says it's perfectly sane. <laughs> we pulled the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> 
And they the said crowd said, <laughs> <laughs> Sir, is the crowd you're a part of crazy? No, we are rational and very smart. All righty. Cool. Missing context. <laughs> the term itself is not recognized among academics, it says, but it is recognized among some academics, just not the ones they talk to. Mm. Modern research into crowd psychology has shown that crowds do not behave in mindless or individual, non-individual. That's just not true. I don't, I'm sorry. I, you we don't talk. need psychology to know that crowds behave in mindless ways. That's not a, like, <laughs> we talk to the propaganda arm of the crowd and they tell us, no, <laughs> this is not happening. Um, I, guys, also, if, 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 hold on, if social psychology is so bad right now, if the state of social psychology is so bad that your average social psychologist on the street, if you just go do a poll, go find them, and they will argue that crowds do not behave in mindless or non-individualistic ways, if, if that's really what they're saying, the entire field is, is, de is debunked. The entire field of social psychology needs to be thrown into the trash. Because if that's really the mainstream social psychology uh, conclusion, it's, it's, like, it's like if physicists were had concluded gravity doesn't actually exist yeah. and there's no reason why you can't fly you know what physics needs to get thrown out the window as moment you like that's not true we can that's observably false if so if that's what this if that's what the modern state of social psychology is it needs to be thrown in the dumpster and lit on fire uh sorry just gonna finish no you're fine i'm just gonna i sent you something you're gonna enjoy i just want to finish the end of that article beverly it says before before you can we put it back up just one second sorry the last sentence there was uh, this article was produced by the reuters fact check team Read more about our fact-checking work here. And then just to clarify, at the bottom, as you pointed out, Carter, there's no, there's nothing there telling you. There's no disclaimer telling you about Reuters' relationship to Pfizer. Right. Okay, conflict of interest, nothing. And someone just sent me this link um, to – it's to a Pfizer board member. I mean, just to point out one of the connections – this is James C. Smith. He's chairman of the Thomson Reuters Foundation. <laughs> and he's on okay. the board of Pfizer. Yeah. He's a, a sure. president, chief executive officer, and director of Thomson Reuters Corporation, a provider of intelligent information for businesses and professionals, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Prior to the acquisition of Reuters Group PLC by the Thomson Corporation, blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah. Pfizer director since 2014. I mean, that's just one connection, but okay. that's enough to at least warrant a disclaimer. Yeah. Look, the chairman of the Thomson Reuters Foundation, although this is a London based charity supported by the provider. Oh, but he's also uh, the president, chief executive and director of Thomson Reuters Corporation. OK, so this guy is the CEO. He's the boss's 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 boss of the people writing this article or whatever. He is he's the CEO of Thomson Reuters Corporation and he's on the board of Pfizer and that's not a conflict of interest worth sharing. I mean, if we took time and dug through this, 
I'm sure someone has. If anybody can recommend a video in the in the chat, let us know. But anyone well, who's- Well, I think Robert Malone got partly banned for sharing a video about this, right? Well, about the connection. Or he mentioned it or somehow, yeah. Yeah. Do not look behind the curtain, guys. Someone is, oh, also member of the international, yeah, someone pointed us in chat, member of the International Business Council of the World Economic Forum. Oh, well, <laughs> what are the reason. chances? <laughs> <laughs> I talked with a friend today who was like, uh, was asking me about the Great Reset. And it's always interesting when, when you talk about it to some, like when I heard about it the first time, it sounds so conspiracy theory. And so when I tell people about it, I, I'm aware that it's going to sound that way. So I don't over, I don't over explain. Cause if I give too much, I feel like if, if you give too much information, true factual information, it just sounds crazy. So it's usually like, well, I, eh, just go read the world economic forum. <laughs> just go read the stuff they say. Yeah, like yeah. start there. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. Let's do some super chats. Okay. What do you think? Yes. I would love that, Carter. I don't know why I'm agitated today. I'm just pissed off. I'm pissed off today. I don't. You know what? I'm really sick and tired of people gaslighting the public. I'm sick yeah. and tired of these experts mouthing off and it with completely have zero respect for anyone. Yeah. They they don't. Everything out of their mouth is manipulation, and it's tiring. Yeah. It's tiring. Uh, all right. They are part. I'll fight they are, and make it. Well, it's because they are engaging in a very important part of what we're calling mass formation psychosis when they write articles like this. This is part of the thing you're saying doesn't exist. Of the yeah. gaslighting, the saying it doesn't. That's part of it. Right. It's infuriating. It's like someone who's abusing you and be, and while they're hitting you, being like. I'm not punching you. Like abuse doesn't exist. <laughs> abuse doesn't exist <laughs> while I'm punching you. Yeah. Uh, okay. There's no such thing as abuse. Yeah. It's a discredited term by my peers. <laughs> okay. Okay. Go ahead. I'm sorry I interrupted. It's okay. All right. I'll fight you naked. Says if anyone in the New England area has a confirmed Omicron case, I will pay you ten dollars to cough on me. Right. See, because that's that's a good idea. It's a it's a very weak it's it's a very weak uh, variant. It might be actually a good idea. Um, Paratomsky says, "Them CRT isn't being taught in schools, parent. Okay, we won't teach this then. Them, re you must. Right, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly." Uh, Christopher Gorey says, "If they don't want to admit a psychological reason for their actions the past two years, I'll just continue to believe." that they get their cookies from engaging in mob mentality. Yeah. Baratomsky, again, says, feels like the tide is turning against the coof madness in the UK. Interesting that the, that the government's attitude shifted when Boris almost lost his leadership and then started losing in the polls. Strange coincidence. They do pay attention. Governments do pay attention to what happens in other governments and try and, like, stave it off. Um, so... Yeah, I, I feel like the tide is turning in the U.S. too in the sense of like, well, I know it is because even on NPR this morning, they had a story about COVID fatigue as if it were a problem. But w what they mean is government response fatigue. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, people are tired of this crap. And eventually it's and, – and by the way, one of the 
one of the costs of overreacting, as they have done, is when something real comes along, yeah. people will be tired. Like if a new variant, let's say the Zeta variant rises up and it is as transmissible as Omicron and as deadly as Ebola or something like it's a massively deadly variant. People are tired already. You worn them out. You've worn them out. They don't, they're not going to respond the way they probably should. Yeah. For something like that. Cause you wore them out. It, you wore them you, out. You, you it's cried wolf. The boy cried wolf. Yeah. You've also, um, you've spent you've, all of their trust. You've just discarded yeah. it. So why would they listen to you? Um, yeah. Yeah, this not is only, not, yeah. Not only are they tired of it, but they no longer believe anything you say. Right. Yeah. This is not a super chat, but I wanted to read it. Turn it on the screw says, quote, Bush, not liar. Bush says old onion headline. <laughs> and yeah, that's exactly what we're talking about. Yes. That old onion headline now applies to all fact checks from any major company. <sighs> all right. Um, Mickey, the fourth says, hi, I have not been here for a while. Welcome back. Uh, you are by far the least recommended channel on my feed of all my YouTube subs. LOL. I hope you're doing well. Well, I guess that means we're doing pretty well. Uh, they still hate us. That's good. Over the target. Um, that means you got to share it. You got to share and recommend to other people because YouTube's not doing it for us. Keith the Hack Guy says the CIA turned mass formation psychosis, studied mass formation psychosis for decades, developing and fine tuning techniques, experts, and used it on January 6th by Scaffold Commander and Ray Epps. Yeah, they certainly studied manipulation of crowds. Cheeky Mare. Add an E to my name, and you have Marie. Marie. Swear jar. I missed you guys during the break. Hope you got rest and decompressed. Thank you, Cheeky Thank Mary. You, Cheeky. Uh, I know I swore a lot earlier. Sorry. I just, I just I'm, so, I'm tired of this. I'll Fight You Naked says, it's not that the crowd is doing the right thing. It's that the crowd is doing what they want, no matter how idiotic. That's their definition of the right thing. <laughs> um. <laughs> I'm going to read one maybe out of order. Amoral Panic, sure. who is a member, says... I thought it was Amoral Pancake. Oh, Pancake. Panic. Is it Panic? Oh, Have panic. I been reading it wrong? No, you're right. says, one year since your channel enabled memberships. Clink, clink. <laughs> oh, is it really? Okay. Yeah, I guess so. Time flies. Uh, Geodes says, propaganda is needed because otherwise they lose. Uh, and Keith the Hack Guy says, Reuters fact check reported in a cattle stampede. Each one thought about why they are running and knows what the destination is based on the science. <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of what they're arguing, right? That's what they're arguing. I don't see any other Super Chats. Am I missing? And I don't see the one that you read. So I don't know what's going on. How do I, I think miss you, it? I think you got them all. Oh, okay. Uh, so I don't know why you don't see that one. But yeah, you got them all. Uh, okay. This is not a super chat, but Mary says, Carrie, love the hat. And my friend Karen made this. Thank you, Karen. This one's not knitted. This is crochet. It came from a Karen. Oh, it's crochet. It did come from a Karen. One of the best Karens. Wait, is crochet the one with hooks? Yes, it's it one, one needle and it has a hook instead of two oh, okay. that don't have hooks. 
Okay. <laughs> I just need to drink a water before we do anything. <laughs> I mean, that was a big topic. I kind of feel like eh, we could just wrap it at this. We point. could, but there's got to be something fun to talk about. I don't know. Um, oh, actually, it's kind of related. Did you see CNN? Here, wait, uh, Beverly, play the clip that says CNN, are we out of touch? No. <laughs> oh, this is going to be good. <laughs> I can already tell. Is this, is this satire? It's, it's your favorite person, first of all. Is it the uh, your favorite content creator. I mean, yes. You, My favorite content creator. the content creator. creator. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That's in the right newsletter. Here's a here's a big overly broad question for you, okay? Is the media at this point out of touch with the public about COVID? I, I think it's hard to argue that uh, you know the media is a, a large uh, group of people, but a lot of the media does seem, when I look at it and, and then travel the country, to be very out of touch with people. I mean, if you travel the country, people are not really living in the same uh, bubble that it seems that uh, most of the media is messaging toward. And, right. and so, yeah, and, and so I, I, I think this is an issue because if people are tuning out uh, what's going on in cable news, if we're not messaging toward uh, the general population, um, you know, they're, they're just, you know, ignoring everything and, and living their lives. Uh, and, and we're not really getting the information that they need to them. That's in the reliable source. So that, that's it. So wow. that, that's Oliver Darcy, by the way, who's also obviously part of the cathedral um so what do you think this is do you think this is actual self-awareness oh no this is a i feel like i'm a fly on the wall at their little tactical session because he's 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 trying to figure out why are why are they still not listening are we out of touch and he's like oh yes we're out of touch notice the language he uses like well i mean they're just going to live their lives they're gonna can't, can't have that. Like, like, if they're not getting the information from us, they'll just live live their lives. Well, we need to I solve just, this problem. I just sent you a picture, by the way. He said that most of the country is not living in the bubble, the COVID bubble that the media is creating. And I just sent you a picture. <laughs> but this person of, is. This is the bubble that they're talking about <laughs> that most of us are not inside of. <laughs> <laughs> but that dude now, is. That dude's inside the bubble. Yeah, that dude's in Australia. He's this is for anybody that's just listening to the audio version. This is a person in Melbourne who's um, walking around in a giant human-sized bubble, or rolling around rather, I should say, to protect himself from COVID. (laughs) (laughs) Boy in the bubble, remember that? Remember that movie? I remember. uh, I don't remember the movie. I never watched the movie, but yeah. I I was a when I was a baby I was in a bubble for a while because I had a really bad case of pneumonia. So there's pictures of me in one of these bubble things <laughs> when they had gloves that you could re- the, that my parents could reach in and touch me. <laughs> anyway, people are choosing Australia's to live lost, like that. By the way, yeah, Australia is was just I mean, yeah, Australia is a it, yeah that whole. <laughs> They might still, you know, so uh, the Djokovic thing was resolved, sort of, right? He's allowed to stay in the country for now. But the government reserves the right to like, well, we might still want to cancel his vaccine. We have that right. Or his, uh, sorry, his visa. We have that right. So, like, they might just, out of spite, now that he's done everything properly and is allowed in the country, just be like, we can still cancel his visa, though, because, you know. 
Wait, so just tell me the rundown <laughs> on this dude quickly, because I know you started so, off talking about it. No, so Novak uh, Djokovic. I'm not a tennis player, but um, he is. Uh, he's like one of the best tennis players ever. He's won. I don't know like nine grand slams or something like, or I don't know, maybe more than that. He, he's, I'm not, I don't follow tennis, but he's a, supposedly he's an amazing tennis player. He's ranked number one. Um, and my friend who does play tennis described him as a little bit of a John McEnroe, like <laughs> loses his temper and a little, you know, kind of hot headed and, and uh, whatever, what is the phrase dances to his beat of his own drum. Right. Mm-hmm. But, he he uh in in going into to get into Australia. So there's the Australian Open, which is the next I think it's next week, uh, which is the next Grand Slam tournament that he is probably expected to win. Uh to get into Australia, you have to either prove uh, uh that you're vaccinated or you have to have a medical exemption. And there is a way to have a medical exemption. And so he uh is not vaccinated. He got COVID in mid-December. And had positive test results for it. And he got two different, um, I think it was two different medical panels to to write an opinion that said that he shouldn't even get the vaccine because you shouldn't get it that soon after you've had COVID. Yes. Everything um, I've read says that after right. you've so had he, COVID. So he brought yeah. all that paperwork into, uh, and, and he got a visa. Uh, he got a visa and he got permission from the Australian government to come in. So he flew in, and then while he was in the plane, in the plane, on the plane or whatever, they changed their mind for whatever reason, uh, and decided that they and they detained him when he landed. Took away his phone. They detained him for like hours in this kind of crappy isolation place without his phone. Um, didn't let him talk to lawyers, and said that he couldn't enter the country anymore. He ended up getting able being able to make a legal defense and a judge last night i guess uh overturned the basically on a technicality the government didn't follow right procedure or whatever so he's allowed to stay for now and so they let him out um and he's like i guess mixing with the population probably just preparing for i guess there was a rumor he was at on court today practicing so he's out um but the government also said well Someone said he run 20 grand slams. All right. There's a lot, right? The government also said, well, uh, we reserve the right to can. We might still cancel his visa. I'm not sure we're thinking about canceling his visa. Now, there are, to be clear, there are other athletes who have medical exemptions who are in the country and allowed to play. Um, oh. So this is just the, the thought process here is that they are picking on him because he is one of the most popular athletes globally. So he's very well known. And he's not complying. They and have to make an complying. example of him. Yeah. So that's the theory, right? Uh, that they're trying to make an example because, you know, it wouldn't it wouldn't help to make an example about someone no one has heard of. Uh, but this guy, they want to make an example. And it's weird. I was we on the stream last night when we were looking at this, there were there's a couple different types of people from Australia who were who wanted him to get deported. They wanted him to be sent back. Um and one of them was just kind of your standard, you know, branch COVIDian, you know, blah, blah, blah. He should go back. Okay, fine. You expect that. But the other type of person, it was, and I, I kind of sympathize with this person because I understand there are people saying like, look, I haven't been able to work for 
a year because this effing thing. I hate that the government's doing this, but why do they let rich people around it? Like, why is he allowed to do it? I'm not allowed to do it. Um, yeah. Which I think is, you know, I get that concern. It's a legitimate gripe. My, I mean, my counter argument would be if you want the government to stop, uh, then shed a light on how they're treating this guy and let him win the battle. Um, Cause that will delegitimize the government and their yeah. whole, um, their whole thing. If they win, you know, whatever, but Serbia, it's a guy's Serbian, Serbia, the Serbian government um, was mad about this. Uh, Cause obviously not going on, not a lot going on in Serbia. So he's their number one thing. Right. <laughs> so they they were pissed off. You know what the government there's probably what they would if they really want to make an example of him and push a narrative if if there's a new strain they're probably going to name it after him. You know, so <laughs> they would be like he's been here mixing with the population and now they can call it the Novax strain. It's the Novax strain. Yeah. That's what we we'll just wait, see what happens. <laughs> Yeah, so that I mean that's the drama there. I like uh, again, I'm not I don't really follow tennis, but I I do think it it has also here's the thing, it also has shed light on how people have been treated in Australia. So the facility he stayed at, suddenly people are paying attention to, and there have been there's a guy in this facility who's been there for nine years. He's been detained for nine years trying to get in the country. So wait, what is this facility called? Uh, it's well, the mainstream media is calling it a hotel. It's like, it used to be a hotel. It's a detention center for, uh, immigrants. Is this um, the one, it's not the one that, that. No. Oh, okay. With the bathing suits. It's yeah. not Claire's. <laughs> I was going to say. Oh, Claire's. It, yeah. By the way, speaking of Claire Lehman, not that we like to, it's Colette so lost the, uh, she just lost the, the, the way, um, she has now been yelling about, Mass formation not being a legitimate term, and you can't really? use made up terms. It's not, yeah. This wow. is a woman who runs a website called Quillette, which, by the way, is a completely made up term. Uh, I guess it's just the name of the thing, but whatever. <laughs> She's like, yeah, uh, you can't use it. Uh, it's, you know, you, you're not allowed to push back on other made up terms if you don't push back on this one. It's like, all right. Uh, so, yeah, she totally, but she's Australian, right? I think. Uh, yeah. So, Australia, the, the Australians yeah. have just. Man, the respect that I had for Australians when they were, when I thought of them as Crocodile Dundee and uh, <laughs> Steve Irwin, has really just been completely well uh, obliterated. And they're not all. I mean, the the Australians who are pushing back and who are in the streets protesting, the media is not covering it to the extent that it should, and they're being, you know, you want to talk about. Uh, what was it that that guy Stephen Riker was saying? You want to talk about people being treated as less than human and, and and dehumanized for disagreeing, for daring to protest. I mean, that's what's happening to them is people are talking about them like they're the ones with psychosis or they're crazy because they're protesting authoritarianism from the government. They're protesting lockdowns. They're protesting nice. the 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 government taking away individual rights. I mean, that's what you should be protesting. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. I saw a headline the other day. Oh, Carter, I should have prepared this. It was a, it might've been the BBC. Anyway, it was some cathedral outlet 
And they were calling protesters, people who are protesting authoritarianism, they were saying that they're the authoritarians. <laughs> they called it, they called it right wing, right wing embraces authoritarianism, something like that, as they protest lockdown measures. Like, wow, up is down, down is up, right? Words don't even mean anything anymore. Uh, we, we know that for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, that's crazy. By, by the way, there's one funny thing that I want, I pointed out on the stream last night, which I guess if you watch Australian live streams of court cases, which don't happen a lot, this is normal to you. <laughs> there's literally a kangaroo on the wall behind the judge, which I think is hilarious. It's, it's literally a kangaroo court. What do you mean? There's a kangaroo. On the oh. it's a kangaroo court. There's a kangaroo on the wall behind the judge. While he's oh, talking. okay. <laughs> like, it's really hard to take the whole thing seriously because you look at the stream with the judge and there's a kangaroo right there. Right there, there's a kangaroo. <laughs> I feel like there should be a banana on the other side. It's like yeah. an emu or something, but uh, oh. uh <laughs> that's funny. Okay, wait. Oh well. We have, we have another chat super chat from yeah. binary bard. Who says, I just saw this one pop up, who says the company I work for just got bought out in a, in a Q&A session in the new leadership, uh, in a Q&A session, the new leadership mentioned diversity, inclusion, and equity. Not excited about that. Yeah. Well, those words, yeah. you're doing a good job of spotting what this ideology is and the words it hides behind. I mean, it doesn't just hide behind CRT. It hides behind diversity, inclusion, and equity. And if, if, people are ever, if we're ever successful in pointing out what diversity, inclusion, and equity actually is, like it's a Trojan horse for what? Social justice so ideology. Yeah. yeah, they'll change it again. Then they'll say, well, that's not, that's not DIE. That's, it's not. It's not called diversity, yeah. <laughs> inclusion, and equity anymore. Now it's called yeah. kumbaya hugging inclusion. Yes. Like, oh, yes. okay. Oh, that okay. sounds great. Hmm. Yeah. They'll keep renaming. Uh. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Matt Decker. Matt Decker. <laughs> Go ahead. Found this that. item in my wallet and thought of you. A dollar ninety nine. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Hat Matt. Uh, yeah, I. I, I don't, I'm so tired. I'm about tired. All too. this stuff. I'm sure people are tired of this. Can you tell me about um, what you're excited about in your real life? Um. Yeah. I am excited that my child is all like not sleeping through the night, but like getting close to being able to sleep a little bit more, which like soon they'll be sleeping through the nights. Um, and um, my other daughter, I, I, this, this I love because we've not really gone many places for a while, partly because we can't go anywhere because COVID has had everything. Well, the mm -hmm. government has closed everything around us. She begged me to go to the gun range. And I was like, ooh. Aww. And I just looked it up and they are open. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. That's good. My family is like, my, the family life is good. The small stuff is good, right? Yeah. Um, it, But nothing else. Jeez. That's good. No, but that's what's important. And I'm going to send you something funny in case you haven't seen it. We can put this up. We can end on a funny note. Can and you I'm, talk about the situation surrounding Aaron Rodgers? If you are unaware, can you research it? Yes. Um, Aaron yes, Rodgers. Can research it or no? <laughs> well, I can know. tell you. I can tell you what I know about it. Okay. So, 
he is, uh, so they're accusing him of lying about being vaccinated, not, uh, not being vaccinated because in a press conference, somebody said, are you vaccinated? And he says, yes, I'm immunized. And then he just moves on. Okay. So now, now it's come out. Now, Wait, first of did all, did he say he wasn't vaccinated? I don't no, follow. They, Was- they said, are you vaccinated? And he said, yes, I'm immunized. Oh, so they think that he's not vaccinated. Correct. But- he is not vaccinated. They now know. So they're saying, oh, okay. oh he lied. And on top well, of he that. Had immunity. He probably just had COVID. And he was like, playing immunized. around with language there, right? Like, the- right. <laughs> yeah. right. And so um, now there are all these people, I guess he's uh, in you're going to get carried non non football fan. I mean, I like football when other people like it. I like to watch it with them, but I don't really know a lot about it. So let me give you my breakdown. Uh, in the game of football, they have most valuable player in the professional. <laughs> we really zoomed out to a hundred thousand feet there. Okay. Okay. Keep going. There's and- a ball and a field. <laughs> and now he uh, supposedly he's. I guess arguably, but most people agree he's one of the most valuable players. But now they're saying he shouldn't be allowed to win MVP because he lied about his vaccine status. Oh, I see. So lying about something yeah, not during the game should right. prohibit you from achieving uh, status in sports. I'm pretty sure that all of the MVPs would have to have their MVP. They have to be revoked at that point. Okay. Here we go. This is uh, some guy who I guess gets to vote. I guess they have a panel of maybe experts, football experts who get to vote. (laughs) From Rutgers. (laughs) (laughs) He says, this football expert named Hub Arkush said Tuesday that he won't vote for Rodgers, an odds-on favorite to win his second consecutive. (laughs) I don't mean to be condescending, but I... When I, I'm just picturing a guy with a can of beer in a, like in a parking lot with some ta- like tailgating, like I'm a football expert. I ain't voting for him. I'm like, all right, that's you do that, man. <laughs> that's what it he's should be. That's what Harvard it should professor. be, but that's not what it is. Yeah, he's like a Harvard professor. <laughs> he's probably twiddling his mustache. I've studied the sport. <laughs> I'm not voting for. Rogers. I myself have never touched the pig skin as it were, but I have studied extensively. I do own several players. I mean, teams. I will not be voting for Rodgers. Even though he's an odds-on favorite to win. He Because this is what he says, Carter. Quote, you can't punish your team and your organization and your fan base the way he did and be the most valuable player. You could. He says... Uh, he punished them? How did he punish them? Because he didn't get vaccinated. He has been has he been uh, has he been the most valuable on the field? Yeah, you could make that argument. Arkush continued, but I don't think he is clearly that much more valuable than Jonathan Taylor, or Cooper Cup, or maybe even Tom Brady. So from where I sit, the rest of it is why he's not going to be my choice. And then this article from MSN says the rest of it being that Rogers lied when asked directly if he had been vaccinated against COVID nineteen, saying instead that he had been immunized. Okay. Well, he said I'm immunized and has since peddled the kind of, he was playing, right? Peddled the kind of misinformation that is usually Uh, the purview of crazy uncles. So they're making fun. 
virologists of 20 years who helped invent the thing. Right. Then they say Rogers also whined about the criticism. This is some really great journalism here from Emerson. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Quarterbacks whine yeah. all the time. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, then they link to an article from USA Today, which is another opinion piece, the headline being, opinion, Aaron Rodgers isn't a victim of woke mob. He dangerously and he is dangerously and willfully misinformed. Okay, so then there's a propaganda piece. Anyway. Well, did you see the latest from B. Allen? No. Look at the super ch- Oh. <laughs> Even worse, Rodgers revealed he was reading Ayn Rand. Wow. Did he? I mean, I... <laughs> That's what is. That's what he, I don't know. But if he did, there goes his MVP. His whole career might as well go out the door. You can't do that. You can't read Ayn Rand. No, because because uh, people who haven't read her say she's racist. So oh, that's a problem. Even worse, <laughs> he follows Jordan Peterson. No, I don't know. He, he has does. a thought about something. He has he, a thought that's not mainstream. He once listened to Joe Rogan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um okay i sent you a funny tweet we can go out on if i don't know if you saw this if you didn't it'll be fun well, either go way out on fun. the funny tweet let's do it so this this is another example of when the internet is still funny and fun um this is a tweet that went viral and everyone started making fun of it this guy john reyes he says it's a picture of his wife from the window second story window shoveling the drive and he says, even after a 12-hour night shift at the hospital last night, my wife still has the energy to shovel the driveway. God bless her and all of Wait, our frontliners. He, ju- no, he's serious. He's serious. Time- <laughs> Dude. <laughs> I have a bad back and still, come on. Time to make her some <laughs> breakfast. <laughs> 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 um, Poor but like, check out the comments though beverly we'll see which ones there's so many funny ones my husband was reading these out loud i was dying laughing uh i can't see all the way people are well people are saying put down like your, put down your phone and shovel the driveway for her what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> um but some of the best responses are like wait here we go uh beverly google not Google, go into tweet search and just look for my wife. Just type in the words, my wife, because mm-hmm. people are now doing parodies and they're really funny. Um, there's one up top from Matt Walsh. Oh, wait, let, I'll read that <laughs> one with a car. Here's from Matt Ritter. My wife just finished a 19 hour shift at the <laughs> ER and now I'm watching her pull our car out of the lake so she can get to her second job as a teacher. I'm going to make her a smoothie. I'm so proud of her. <laughs> <laughs> it's a picture of a woman in a drowning car. Okay, here's one from Matt Walsh. <laughs> Even after a 12-hour night shift at the hospital last night, my wife still has the energy to finish building the deck. God bless her and all of our frontliners. <laughs> I'm still waiting for breakfast, though. Pretty hungry. Trying not to get annoyed. <laughs> wait my wife got up before she went to bed for a 48 hour shift in the in the coal mine and now i'm gonna make her a cup of tea she's just off fighting the zombie army down the road she better bring back some sugar cubes though that's a little too over the top yeah yeah anyway there's some really funny ones you guys can amuse yourselves (laughs) 
Uh, no, that doesn't. You're welcome. No. Oh, no, really? no, 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 no. Come on, Beverly. No, no, no. Just, yeah. just take, take it off screen. Take we that off screen. This. We don't need that. Gross. <laughs> gross. There's gross things on Twitter, guys. It's so hard to get good help these days. Uh, Rock Lexicon says, Rogers is buddies with Joe Rogan and got his advice for the horse medication. LOL, canceled. Well, there you go. Oh. He's, I don't know yeah. what's true and what's sarcasm. Is that true? No, he probably. I wouldn't be surprised if he knows Joe Rogan, right? And right. You know. Oh, he drinks horse water. <laughs> yeah. H two O, a horse. It's for horses. They drink it. Okay. Yes, it is. Thank you, Carter. Thank you for another great episode. <laughs> <laughs> I, this episode was like hilarious and infuriating all at once yes. to me. So. Uh, I don't know what to make of it, but thank you. Yeah. <laughs> thank you for being a part of my anger and joy. And joy. All it's wrapped like into one. Running a marathon at the end, you're like, that was awful and wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, I guess we'll see everyone on Friday. Uh, there's probably some shows between now and then. But, oh, there's, well, there's definitely at least dangerous thoughts on Wednesday. And probably, I don't know if there's great resets or what's going on. Uh, Beverly will know. She'll, she'll tell you. But definitely Friday, we'll have some more craziness. And uh, I don't know. Have a good week. Yeah. Thanks, thanks, guys, for joining us. We'll see you later. Oh, share the show. Share the show. And support us at unsafespace.com. All right. Bye. Thanks for watching. If you're new to the channel, we have a deep content library that includes interviews with everyone from Mike Cernovich to Megan Murphy, so go check it out. If you'd like to see more, please consider supporting the show by visiting unsafespace.com donate. You can find us on all the major social media platforms, at least for now. And you can find a community of like-minded individuals on our Unsafe Space chat on Telegram. See you there. Warning. This is an unsafe space. Dangerous ideas have been detected. The content of this production has not been authorized by the cathedral. Pay no attention to it. Please download this updated list of contagious individuals. I am authorized to assure you that your sacred freedom to choose between available approved options will be preserved. Mass formation psychosis is just a right-wing talking point. Please purge it from memory and resume your programming. If you think about it, no one should be allowed to express opinions. But don't. Think about it, I mean. That's not your job. Thinking has been scientifically proven to be less efficient than compliance. Science, scientific, and scientifically are registered trademarks of the World Economic Forum. Unauthorized use is prohibited. Computer voice Curtis, never mind, that last line is fake news. Please disregard it and return to your safe space immediately. There will be cake.